Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. And I'm Father Dave. Morning, Bob. Good morning, Father Dave, and good morning, everybody. Afternoon or evening, whenever you're listening to this podcast, we're just so glad you're listening to this podcast. Uh, We're just so blessed by you and being a part of this community and the fact that you just let us talk into your ears for a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It is, actually. Yep. Yeah, here we are in this basement studio of the George. Yep. And going all around the world. And all around the Especially world. Especially Iceland. Do we have listeners in Iceland? Yes. Don't you remember this? We were we one of the top like, we we're are, one of the top podcasts. I wouldn't say we're trending, but yes. Yeah, we're inf- we're, we're influencers. Influencers. In Reichacek. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever in, it's in called. Iceland. Yes, we are. I think um one of the worst things about the English language is the lack of umlauts. Okay. Maybe we could work on that. I mean I mean, those are just cool. I don't even know what they do. But they are cool. They are cool. I mean, metal bands understood this. Yes, they did. That's what I've always said. Yeah. Like if Jesus Christ had like an umlaut in his name, it'd uh-huh. be like the new evangelization. It would be. Maybe we could start that. It could be trending. We we could influence. <laughs> We're influencers. We're trendy influencers. That's Yeah, that we are. Yeah. That we are. So do you like the snow? Yeah, so it's it snowed last night. I like. It's really our first... It is our first, our first significant snow. And it's a nice snow. I mean, we yeah, had that really weird November storm, which wasn't, it was yeah, snow, it but really it was stick. just it was horrible. Yeah. But this was like fluffy flakes. It was. It was funny. My nephew uh, is from Arizona. I think he's been in snow, but he's never been somewhere where it was snowing. Yeah. And he was just, he sent me a text. He said, I'm, you know, I'm, what did he say? I'm, I'm going, I'm excited. Or I'm crazy or something like that. It was just, they were all, yeah. all the kids. It's always just fun. The first snowstorm yeah. is so much fun because all the students are out. They're laughing and playing and having yeah. snow. And they sent me um, DMs saying, you know, we should cancel class because of our <laughs> quarter of inch of a snow. But it, you're right. It was a beautiful snow. It was, it was not windy. So right. it was one of those snows that every t- tree branch had snow on it. It was right. just. Yeah, it's, it, it was, is it, it is was, beautiful. And I would prefer cold and snow than to oh just cold. Oh, my gosh. A hundred times. Or, yeah. or that. Even that 35 degree rain, oh, that is the worst, worst, yeah, worst, worst. That's the worst. So it was real, actually, it was really, really pretty. And uh, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. And the fact that it's so late in January, I thought with that early November storm or late November storm, rather, I thought, oh, we're in for a. Have you been following the storms in California? No. They said a much. Snowstorms? No. Well, snow in the, in, you know, in the mountainous oh, area. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, one of the friars said up to 30 feet they've got this year in this one. But. Parts of California that have been drought for I don't know how long they've been in drought are actually out of drought, officially out of the drought. Oh, that's great. So they've had just an amazing year of rain. I mean, unfortunately, there's been some flooding oh, and some damage. Okay, maybe as well, not so great. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, it's good. It's good. I love actually I love seasons. I love mm-hmm. you know, it gets a little cold on that. But I really like you know, what's tomorrow going to be like? Right. Are we going to get snow? And what's yeah, so it was great. It was I lived great. in three other places in my life. I grew up in Chicago. Um, which was just horribly frigid. Like the winters, you know, there'd be oh, warnings of like, don't expose your skin. You'll die. You know, more than five seconds to the cold. Uh, I was in Orlando, which was just always hot with a 3 p.m. thunder shower. Yeah. And then Albany, which just dumped snow on you like, like crazy. And I would say of all those four places, I really love uh, where we live right now the yeah, best uh-huh. in terms of seasons because yeah, you really yeah. get... The fullness of every season, but none of them, the summers don't, you know, you have a few really hot days, but generally speaking, it's not too sweltering. Yep. You get a few really cold winter days, but generally speaking, it's 
It's all right. Yeah. So, so your favorite season is? So move is. to move to Steubenville, everybody. That's right. Come it's on. the perfect come, come blend of us. all four seasons. Us. It's it's magical. I, I really like. I think I like fall. Okay. To be honest, I mean, fall I like is gorgeous. The colors are so the beautiful. colors are beautiful. I like that kind of sixty-ish, you know, yeah. sunny in sixties, which is also kind of spring, but color palette wise, you know, when the leaves change, uh, there's just something really spectacular about that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It was great. It was great. How about yourself? What's your favorite season? Probably, actually, spring, probably coming out of a winter. I love watching the the flowers begin to blossom and sprout. I love when when you've had a snow, but the flowers are through the snow. It's always beautiful. Yeah, that is cool. I love the, yeah, all the trees budding and stuff. Yeah. The Cherry Blossom Festival in D.C. Have you done it? I have. It's one of the few nature things I really like doing. It, I, is, it usually just coordinates with the DC United with a, game, with but, a soccer match. But, yeah, yeah. Wow, it is so like that's just so gorgeous. It is. It yeah. is. It is. It's it's beautiful and it's crowded. Yes, there's so many people there. But if you've never if you've never been in Washington DC around that time, it's it's, it's worth just it. Such a beautiful. It's worth beautiful it. And that'll be a nice segue later to talk about another beautiful and crowded event in D.C., yeah, the yeah, March yeah, for yeah. Life, we'll, we'll go which to you went to. But first, I know but everyone's first, thinking, yes. why don't you Gee, just that, shut up it's and talk about sports? It's amazing. And I'm sorry I said that word for the little kids that are listening. I'll put a dollar in the jar. Um, we're down to a few teams yes, left. Yes, we are. Did so, you watch? No, I did not. Okay. I actually had a fun sports weekend, though. On Friday night, I went to a Penguins game. Okay. I went with some of the clergy from my parish at Blessed oh, nice, Sacrament, nice, Father Michael, nice. Father Josh. They'd never been to a hockey game before. This oh, is great. how this was. So a few months ago, we were talking hockey, and they said, you know, we've never been. I'm like, all right, let's figure it out. We just got out our calendars. And it was one of those things I realized this week. I'm like, oh, crud, I've got, I've got to go to this game. But it was a great game. They won 4-1. to one. They beat the Ottawa Senators. There you go. Um and that's just great. And by the way, just to throw, just a shout out to Canada, they have a great anthem. Yeah, they do. I mean, you know, whenever uh, in the NHL, whenever you're playing a Canadian team, you sing the Canadian anthem before you sing the American anthem, and it really is just like you know what that's that that is a cool. It is. I that like is a cool anthem. anthem. I agree. I agree. So then on Saturday, I took my son Bobby to see the Cleveland Cavaliers play okay. the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, again. Again. Okay. They and? do it a few times because it's Eastern Conference, and? and once again we won. There you go. Yeah, it was good. We played the Warriors on Friday night, and it was a, an abysmal showing. It was just a bad you day. Back to back games. Yeah, they do that sometimes. Wow. The basketball schedule is yeah, kind of brutal. Yeah, Actually, they had a home game on Monday. And uh, on Martin Luther King Day, which I also saw with my daughter, Eliana, which was great. And they beat the Pelicans. Then they had to fly to Memphis for a Wednesday game to then fly back here for a Friday game. And then a Saturday game. And then a Saturday game. So, yeah, sometimes they do those things. Sometimes they've done back-to-back games where they're like home one night, somewhere else the other night. Ridiculous. 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 Any hoozle. So uh, lots of fun sporting events, uh, at least in my life. Yep, so we're down to four. But now we're talking about the NFL. So we are down to four teams. San Francisco. And we, we said last week, and we follow up. When we say something, we're we going to do always, it next week, we do it. We always do it. Boilermakers. Boilers are still made largely in the United States. Ooh. There you go. Thank you for you're, Purdue. You're done. You're done. We're done with that. <laughs> Good. So I've done my due diligence. Check. You're welcome, folks. Um, so uh, for all of you out there who are saying, I wonder about that. Now you can rest. And you can rest. You, know, you, you can rest. And yep. people still throw rice at weddings. Okay, so. Actually, um, they don't. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so, uh, sadly, for our friend Father Jonathan St. Andre, my friend Chris Oliveira, and all the other Cowboy fans out there, the Cowboys lost 
to the San Francisco 49ers, which is gladly for the 49ers fans. Yes, but fans. Father Jonathan is just too nice. He is so he, sweet. At the end of the game, he says, well, we lost, but they're a better team. It's like, come on. He's the wor- We love you, Father Jonathan. He's the worst trash talker ever. So <laughs> Father Jonathan came over to my house when the Bucks played the Cowboys, and he brought a Dak Prescott bobblehead. And he said, every time that they score a touchdown, I'm going to hit, the, I'm gonna hit the, the head. And so, you know, they, you know, Dallas scored. So he's like really like, ah. And then Dallas scores again. He starts to feel bad. And he's like, team is he's like, I'm just going to hit the head once, okay? I'm like, okay. Then, then Dallas scores for a third time, and now we're like really losing. And I'm, I'm looking at Jonathan, and I'm like, hit, hit the head. He's like, no, oh, no, I don't. No, no. I'm like, it's okay. Is it okay? Yes, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's Your worst. team is winning. You can enjoy this moment. It's the worst. It, um, so, yeah, so we've got. Uh, no, I actually didn't see it. It seemed like, was it 12 to 17? It, yeah, it was, it, was, it was kind of a strange game. Lots of field goals. Okay. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that great. Okay. But so, yeah, we've got in, obviously, the. Uh, the Bengals destroyed the Bang- Bills. And, and the Eagles, they won big as well. Right. So. It's going to be the Eagles in San Francisco. I, I would love San Francisco to win, but I think the Eagles are going to win. You think so? I do. I okay. do. And there'll be the Chiefs and uh, Cincinnati, which is a rematch of last year, which was one of the top games ever. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sad the Jags were out, but congratulations for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I hope a bright and promising future. Oh, you yeah. don't like Jacksonville? Whatever. What's wrong? I just don't have anything for them. Why do you have anything for them at all? It's just like, I don't know, underdog. I'm kind of like Florida. Whatever, Florida whatever. Teams. The one thing is that after wow. they won that big game, um, their quarterback went to Waffle House, and that made a lot of news. He just kind of hung out at Waffle yeah, House that, like at 2 in the morning. Yeah, why wouldn't kinda, you like that? I do. I like that. I, I like have that. a problem rooting for the Bengals. I, I can still root for them, by the way, but... Joe Burrow just reminds me of a kid that like used to beat me up in grammar school. So I mean, I I really like have to be like, okay, you're not that kid, but he looks like him and he's got the attitude and the swagger. Okay, maybe, and like, maybe we could pray through this. I a do. Bit. I need to renounce the lies healings, and accept the truth. Nothing of more things. than healing. So, um, so we said that we were going to make our predictions this week. So I'm going to predict the Eagles against. I just have a feeling the Chiefs are actually going to win this one. So that's my prediction for the Super Bowl. Timeout. In all transparency, because we're very serious about being transparent. We're very transparent. Related to this show. And um, it's a, it, that's a buzzword anyway, but we don't, we don't need to go into that right now. We had technical difficulties, folks, yes. those of you that are listening. But I think we got it settled, so we didn't have to start all over, right? Well, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. All right, so we were talking football. Right, so I'm I'm saying the Super Bowl is going to be the Eagles and the Chiefs. Okay. And then and I'm that's go- not necessarily who I want. It's just who I think is going to win. Well, who would you like? Well, I would like to see Cincinnati and San Francisco, actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, re- I'll do that. Okay. I'll do Cincinnati, San Fran. Okay. And you'll say Eagles and the Chiefs. Okay, sounds good. And then we'll see who does it. Sounds good. Okay, I had a question for you real quick. First day of classes or the first week of classes after yeah. the break. You oh, had a good time? It was fantastic. Except you couldn't find them. Um, I taught I taught a class on Tuesday morning, and I'm up looking for my classroom. <laughs> and who do I run into? Who's I know where my classroom is because I've been there. Who do I run into who's like, I have no idea where my class I is. I never know where my class is. There's a, they, they've been, since I've started teaching, they have like a bulletin board where they just print out the list of where all the classes are. And I just stand in a pile of students trying to find my class and trying to figure out where my room is. How, did you have a lot of students? Was there more than one? 
Yeah, it's I remember not, looking at your list and I thought, I think Dave only has yeah, got one that's, class, that's right. one student in your it's class. A, it's a class on the Holy Spirit that Dr. Shrek is teaching, which I think is a great class. And he's actually doing another course on spiritual direction. So he asked if I could cover for him. I think there was about 10. Okay, yeah. that sounds about right. Maybe hey, the zero got dropped and it just said one. Maybe that was it. Here's the other thing we need to do. Speaking of being transparent and, um, well, I just had, let's just, let's just, let's just have a breakthrough in group right now. Okay. When you were rescued on the Sea of Galilee yeah. from a boat, yeah. what song was that boat playing? Um, don't stop. No, Believe. no, no, no. It wasn't. It was Days of Elijah. Mm. It was Days of Elijah. It was Days of Elijah. No. And then somebody said, I, tried to I feel like that. we're channeling the spirit of Bob Rice. And you wanted nothing to do with it. Would you want to be? Would you want to have something to do with Days of Elijah? In the okay, you know the what? I, I have great respect of Days of Elijah. Like of all, like the kind okay, of cheesy-ish songs of its time. But is the Sea of Galilee the place for that song? Well, you know, when you're no music, when your boat people runs singing, out of gas, people, you just take what you get. People singing it a cappella, <laughs> clapping, <laughs> off tune. Is that really what you want, dude? That is the charismatic movement. People singing a cappella, clapping off tune. You should embrace this. Well, I don't even know who they were. It was these people on the They were on, angels. No, I wasn't. They were angels and they were singing Days of Elijah. Well, let me just say right now, and I want to go to heaven, but if it's 24-7 Days of Elijah <laughs> with off-tune clapping. Um, Riding know. on the clouds, yeah, that's right. shining like the sun at the trumpet's call. It's the year that of Jubilee, that. baby. That was that. Days of Elijah. The Eucharist is the source and summit of our life as Catholics. Did you know that, Father Dave? Yep. So we're excited to have some Franciscan University faculty and alumni help lead the National Eucharistic Revival. Sponsored by the U.S. Bishops, this three-year revival aims to renew the church through deepening our relationship with Jesus in the Eucharist. It includes parish and diocesan events as well as national a National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis in 2024. That's going to be quite a party. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, it is. You can learn more about the revival by signing up for their weekly email newsletter. It's called the Heart of the Revival Newsletter. And it includes special Eucharistic reflections, videos, and more to help you grow in your love for the Eucharist. Learn more and sign up for the newsletter at eucharisticrevival.org. That's eucharisticrevival.org. Okay, so the trumpet call. so that's going to be a great blessing. So here's a question. Have you seen the report that talks about the number of Catholics who don't believe in the Eucharist? Have you actually read that report? Have you only seen the statistics? Um, I went, a, I, I did a little bit or more have of you a seen deep the survey. Dive. Have you seen the survey? Well, why don't you tell me about well, it? No, I, I, I haven't. And, oh, the, and okay. this is my question. <coughs> we see that number that says 70% of Catholics don't believe in the Eucharist. Yeah, but those aren't, those aren't 70% of Catholics that go to church on a regular basis. Right. And here's my other question. Is it they don't believe or they don't know? Because those are two substantially different, right. different state, uh, the, stance. The two but, stats were generally when they polled people, hey, are you Catholic? And then do you believe that Jesus is fully present in the Eucharist? You're right. I don't know if there was a distinction between I have no idea what you're talking about or right. they just said no. Um, of those that go to Mass, yeah. a third 
said that they didn't believe that Jesus was present. Okay, you know, okay. That's you know like body, blood, soul, and universe. Right, so, right, right. so it isn't as bad. You know, sometimes they'll be like 70%. Well, those sitting in the pew, it's not 70% of people who go to church. I mean, the reason, it's probably why 70% of them don't, many right, of them sure, sure, but, sure, sure. But one out of three people in the pew might not know and that's and that's my um, and that, question. And that is the thing. You know, it's not like I'm rejecting this belief. And that's and that's I yeah. think that's really what I've kind of been just praying through and wrestling with is is it a rejection that okay the church teaches this but I simply don't believe it or is it they simply don't understand they, they've not been catechized well. Yeah, I would hope catechesis is better than when I was younger. Maybe yeah. when you were younger. I mean, I I remember um, the first time I really heard about the Eucharist. Jesus being body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist was when I was in college. And sadly, I had gone to a Catholic high school. Right, so right, right. you're right. I think there could be a situation where it's just not preached from the pulpit or it becomes like a white noise thing. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. Right? Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah right. You know, but, and that's why it's so beautiful. Like even you think of blessed Carlo Acuti, you know, the young uh, Italian teenager who's been beatified mm-hmm. or yeah, he was beatified mm-hmm. recently. And, uh, part of what he did is he created a website of Eucharistic miracles. That was his passion, and he wanted to share that with his friends. You know, because I think those Eucharistic miracles really make us take a second look right, right. at, oh, my goodness. Like, there's something here. There's yeah, something, right. and there's a lot of them. It's not like, oh, this happened, you know, in, in you know, 1423. Right, it's like right. it's, a, it's a continual, miraculous, awesome thing. Right. Amen. Have you seen Eucharistic miracles? Have you experienced any? I mean, you've been to some of the sites, right? Every time I celebrate mass. Thank you very much for clarifying that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I've been to a couple. There's one outside of, um, uh, La, um, not Las Lat, Fatima, mm-hmm. Santorum, that is really, really beautiful. It's a the host turned into the body, literally to the flesh. It's yeah. a beautiful story. Um, one outside of Assisi, I've got Otiev, and everybody listening is going to say, remember the name of the town, but I can't remember it. Yeah, so a couple of them, but not a yeah. lot. Yeah. Okay. But Bob and Penny Lord, I mean, this would have been decades ago. Remember that book? I mean, yeah, so they really focused on the gift of the Eucharist and the Eucharistic miracles, so things like that. Did are I nice. tell you my Bob and Penny Lord story? <coughs> you have not. Um, I was, I'm, boy, I'm, this is going to go into a, 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 anyway, it's just a fun story. So Bob and Penny Lord, if you're not familiar with them, they used to be on EWTN. Uh, they used to do lots of pilgrimages. Uh, they wrote books on the Eucharist. So I was, uh, for my honeymoon, I went to Italy uh, with my wife. I thought that'd be a good thing to bring her on That's the honeymoon. And we went to Rome and we went to Assisi. And so we flew into Rome and we decided that we would drive to Assisi. And um, the problem with that was that they only had sticks. sticks. Yeah. And I'd never driven a stick I think, before. Yeah, I think you started so uh, it was a nightmare. Jenny had some experience driving a manual transmission. So she drove it, which going up hills was a big difficulty. We, we barely got out of Rome. We, everything was flat, so it's, we were it's good. good. There's no hills in Assisi. And then you get to Assisi, and you got right to the very top of that hill. There was that light there because some evil person decided, let's just make them stop right at the top of the hill. And every time... We tried to get the car in gear. We just roll straight back. It was the scariest thing ever. And we're just, I mean, we're like sobbing. We are like so freaked out by this experience. And who comes to our rescue but right behind us? Bob and Penny Lord. Bob and Penny Lord and the EWTN pilgrimage. Lovely. They, their bus, I, we waved them down. Their bus like came right behind us and just 
pushed, pushed that's great <laughs> pushed our car far enough that we could get into gear and go to a cc so wherever you are bob and penny lord you are my eucharistic miracle you, you saved my marriage you maybe saved my life that's great that's yeah. phenomenal that's great so i don't know how speaking we got of, there. Oh, speaking of through. pilgrimages yeah, yeah you just got to be in a bus with a well you don't take buses <laughs> Sorry, sorry. We, you it's, met them there. It's, it's funny because I your did, private jet flew, I, I, you know, landed okay, directly okay. on the mall. Okay, that's not true. But so I did a piece with EWTN the morning of the march, and mm. and they sent me the questions ahead of time about things that they want to talk about. And one of the questions is, is you know, you traveled down with the students. I said we need to clarify <laughs> that. Okay, for the record, I have done it. But you it have is, done it. That's why I was actually asking because I know at times you have. Been in the bus with kids oh, and brutal. stuff like that. Yeah, it is. And, and, and honestly, I'm just, I realize, I mean, for a million reasons, I'm not 19 years old. But I mean, they do a holy hour on campus. They grab their, th- around 1030 at night, grab their things. They leave around 1230 at night. They drive all night long. They stand out in the cold. Then once the basilica opens up, they go, they go to mass. I think it's at seven o'clock in the morning. Then mm-hmm. they've got about four hours to just kind of fill until the march start starts, then they do the march. They stand up, they walk for a number of hours. Then they've got about ten minutes to get something. They they go back, they get in the bus, and they drive home. It's incredible. It is, but a couple of things. First off, their sacrifice has saved babies. I mean, hmm. I think on a spiritual level and on a practical level, I really do believe that that has had an impact. With that being said. Uh, those who do it once, it's amazing. Those who do it twice, they're <laughs> heroic because they know what they're getting into. Right. Um, but the march was the march was very blessed. Um, there was a little bit of a different feel, a little bit of a different celebration because yeah. of Ro- uh, R.V. Wade being overturned, which is wonderful and what great. What were the numbers? You know, I haven't seen numbers. Okay. Um, Did it feel? It felt it felt about the same as it was last year. Right. So it yeah. didn't it didn't seem to be significantly different on the on the numbers. But one of the things that was that, that I just found myself reflecting on and actually speaking on a couple of different occasions was it's right to celebrate Roe versus Wade being overturned, but that was only one of the goals. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I think with some, it was like, okay, we won RV Wade, but the goal is the end of abortion. Yeah. And, and I, and I just kind of stressed a couple of interviews I did that is that, you know, let's celebrate, but the work continues, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that was evidenced by, I mean, it's just, it's unconscionable, but our president, um, I think a profoundly misguided Catholic, puts out a statement on Saturday calling for Friday or Sunday, the anniversary of R.V. Wade, a day to recognize and celebrate people who have been pro-abortion and pro-choice and, and how we need to restore their freedom of choice and all these kind. I mean, on a, he cel- he, first off, he's celebrating abortion. Yeah. He's celebrating the destruction of human person. He's doing this on a Sunday. I, I mean, it's just, so the fight continues and that's, and, and that's the thing. And that's one so of the important. things that the government is now pushing is just more access to yeah. medical abortions. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. now from the comfort of your home, you can order a pill that would force, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's Bobby, it's horrific. Just, yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is, really it's is scary. So it, it's, it's just so messed up. And yeah. And you just see that. I mean, there was there were some protesting groups against us that, you know, that are celebrating. You know, literally one of the groups was wanting we want more abortion. It's like that is so. Why would you want that? That is so profoundly dark. You know, what used to be safe, legal, and rare, or something like that. It's yeah, just, it is not anymore. And you know, if anything, the at least from a political standpoint, and when I have conversations even with people who are pro-choice about what happened with Roe v. Wade, I I would usually just bring it down to well, I think it's actually great 
that this is in the hands of voters now. Right, right. Like, isn't that, a, what, isn't that what democracy is about? Right, like, flipping right. Roe v. Wade didn't flip it the other way where now you, you know, like no, him saying like, right. him saying like, oh, well, we have to protect. Well, yeah, that's why people vote. Like, that so was the narrative. be, a, be a part of it, have the conversation. You know, before Roe v. Wade, we couldn't have a conversation in that sense that really made a quote unquote difference right. politically, but now we can, and now we actually have to do more. Right. Um, for that, but yeah, that whole narrative of like, well, now it's no, the, no abortion, right? Right. Yeah, in like, fact, in some states, it's it's worse. Yeah. than it was. You know, thank the Lord, some states that, that it's better, and you know, I think I think babies are alive now that wouldn't have been. Yeah, but the work is still need to be done. But yeah. the march itself it was interesting. Jonathan Rumi, uh, if you've not seen it, from he plays Jesus in Chosen. I've heard of that. Um, he gave a about actually is for the March for Life it was a long time it was probably about 18 19 minutes long okay but really quite good so okay. if you've got some time to watch it on EWTN you can see that was he dressed as Jesus uh, he was nice yeah but honestly you know the one that I was most impressed with Tony Dungy spoke <gasps> I love Tony Dungy I do too and he's ca- he's getting crap for this okay you well know? He, and, he doesn't care about that and, and he said he mentioned that it was the first time that he had ever I believe he said the first time he had ever spoken at an event like this but he just felt that he was supposed to do it wow um so he and his wife spoke it was really beautiful but i just as soon did he as speak about his son at all he didn't he didn't okay yeah his, and just so if you're listening his son had i think believe i believe he committed suicide he did, he actually did, yeah. so no but um when they announced his name you know that tony dungy it's like oh my goodness that's wow that's pretty impressive yeah pretty good for impressive. him it's impressive to see these people who are willing to stand up and athletes and stuff i don't know did you follow the hockey player Right. This isn't a pro-life issue, but this is another example. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, provolone. Yeah. Yeah. It's not provolone. Provolone it's definitely, or something it's definitely like not. that. Yeah. Right, right. Provolone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He were he um it, they were it was Philadelphia Flyers. They were doing Pride Day, and so for the warm ups, they were all given jerseys with rainbows and you know their hockey sticks with like rainbows on it, and so. He just said, you know, as a Russian Orthodox, this goes counter to my belief, so I'm not going to go out. And so he didn't go out for the warmouts. He played for the game because the game yeah, just had yeah, the regular yeah. thing. And I thought the team handled it pretty well. The team said, you know, what they needed to. On one hand, they said, well, we support the LGBTQ community, but we also support our players. Uh, he is a, you know, he genuinely believes what he believes. And, right, right. I thought, and I, they don't want to say anything more about it, you know. I, I th- Honestly, Bob, I agree with you. I thought they handled it pretty well. You know, it was, he said, he goes, um, I didn't do it because I need to be true to myself yep. and it's against my religion, against my faith. And I'm going to be faithful to myself and my religion. And he said, and I won't talk about it. And they asked him questions. He said, what part of, I won't, I won't talk, talk about, about it, it again. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and the coach did the same thing. He said, you know, he's, he has strong religious beliefs. We all knew that going in, you know, we knew that he's, yeah. he talks about his faith and we're not going to talk about it anymore either. And I thought it was good. But and, one his, of the, and his jerseys sold out that day. Well, in one of the tweets was interesting, you know, it says, because some guy posted that he needs to be sent back to Russia and put on the front line, so yeah, that he. But idiots will say things. Well, but this in somebody posted. Actually, it might have been Elon Musk. Actually, he said, "You know, how did we get from, you know, support inequality to if you don't wear a rainbow flag, you should die." Yeah, I mean, that's that's such a huge step. So. I just, again, him standing up for his faith, I thought was important. It's great. And, you know, the other thing, and I was, I'm trying to remember who made this comment, but it was a valuable one. Even like when you have organizations, NHL, NFL, whatever, you know, doing like LGBTQ plus, you're not even actually sure what you're, what you're cheering for. Like, it's not, if it was one thing of like, 
oh, that mass shooting at the gay club, we want to say that you shouldn't have violence towards people who are homosexual. Yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll wear that shirt. Of is it course. just this generic and the plus and you know does that mean you're good with transgender like there's so much right, that right, right, right. like what am i wearing a shirt that like what am i actually supporting right now and it's a very unclear it's just this ambiguous ah and yeah, yeah. and good for him i mean i think you know it's hard to stand up for what you believe i mean i it's so easy living in steubenville you know saying these things into a mic and maybe some of you are you're at difficult places in work and your company is making policies or they want you to wear the pride pin. Or if you don't wear that pride pin, everybody notices you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the kind of these little martyrdoms, you know, whether it's just the insane full day on a bus, you know, the Lord, the Lord is pleased with all of these little sacrifices, all these little sufferings. And it's really, I guess, you know, going back to that pilgrimage idea, it's about our pilgrimage. It's about our prayer. It's about our sacrifices. None of it. None of it goes wasted. And the witness. And none of it goes wasted. Even if it feels like you're the only person in that business, in that town, in your situation, um, none of it. None of it goes wasted. Right. And you know, really, just a, a message of hope and encouragement uh, in difficult times that many of you are in, that we're in politically. Uh, just to keep shining the light of Jesus Christ as best you can with charity and truth. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And speak. And, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and just to that end, it's it's easy, I think, at times to compare. Well, you should do this because, well, we just need to be patient with each other and support one another. Yeah. You know that different people are called to different things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Good. And um, and we celebrate on Wednesday, the day Today. that this is dropping. Uh, we're celebrating today a. An amazing example of a person who seemed like they were the opposite of faith and then came into the faith, the conversion of St. Paul. Yeah, it's one of, honestly, conversion of St. Paul's probably top five feast days for me. Is that right? Yeah. I just love, first off, I love... It's your middle name. It is. It is. Paul's my middle name. I love the story. Um, You know, if we pay attention to the martyrdom of Stephen that happens on the 26th, it says they throw the cloak, their cloaks at Paul's feet. Mm-hmm. So Paul is, is watching this and recognizing this. And then the Lord breaks into his life. And you see, obviously, the radical change. But we, we take for granted that the gospel was preached to the Gentiles. Well, Paul's the one who does this, right? right. Paul's the one who, who the Lord really moves in his heart. And, and he comes to understand that the gospel is for everybody. And that's we, we take this for granted. I mean, I, I try to think of images that we as Catholics, we would find offensive. But I mean, maybe this. So if somebody were to come and say, okay, the Eucharist is for everybody now. In fact, you can just hand it out in a corner, whoever Mm -hmm. wants it. I mean, we would be so profoundly offended by that. But I think that's when when Paul comes, he says, wait a minute, the message of salvation is for everybody. The Jews are like, wait a minute, we were literally, oh, and, and and you can eat whatever you want. We were literally dying. We <laughs> yes. were dying over these yeah, things. Yeah, you think of like the, the story of the seven sure, sons, sure, you know, sure. who won't eat pork and they're getting their tongues and, chopped off. And the off Sabbath, and, right, right, right. The right. Sabbath is now different in, in that there's a different law. And, I mean, and that started with Peter, with yeah, the miracle with, at Jaffa. The food, the food part. You know, right. and um, even, you know, that first council in Jerusalem. But you're right, it's Paul... That brings the message of that, the gospel. That brings the, the message of the gospel right. to the Gentiles. Right. And and what an unlikely character to do so. You know, the most rigid Jew, Pharisaical Jew, being the apostle to the Gentiles. I mean, it really shows God at work, you know, yeah. because that's something that you would say, Well, that would never happen 
that would never happen on its own. Yeah. I was just thinking on Sunday, uh, we had the reading from Paul, uh, where it, is it, was it to the Corinthians? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was, there was divisions. Can you believe there's divisions among Christians? It's hard to well, believe. Well, I preached about this. This is like two and a half decades after Jesus. <laughs> right. So it's like, And he's saying oh. there's some groups that are saying, I belong to Paul. I belong to Apollos. I belong to this. I belong to that. And Paul's saying, are you crazy? You belong to Christ. Like you're, you're baptized in Jesus. And you know, actually, when you read, you know, whether it's Paul, whether it's Irenaeus, whether it's Athanasius, like, you can see that the church fathers and all the saints of the church, one of the constant fights is unity, yeah. you know, because we, as humanity, we have such a tendency to divide, to to form our own camps, to form our own groups. You know, I belong to Benedict, I belong to Francis, I belong to traditional, I belong to contemporary, you know, like, right, whatever... Right. Whatever all the ways that we do that as as human beings, and even Paul's a great example of like, look, this was my life. Like, I was the guy who was making the divide. I was actually killing people on the other side. And now the Lord has transformed my life, and now I'm all about unity. Like, his whole life really was about talking about the unity of the Jews and the Gentiles. Like, we're all one people. It doesn't matter anymore, you know, Gentile or Jew. Servant or free. There you go. There you go. The other We're still women and men in yep. the identity of God. But, but that's the, a whole the, other, the other thing that I, I'm always struck by was, um, you know, we've all had experiences in, in debt with people who maybe have a checkered past, and and mm-hmm. they really wrestle with their relationship. You know, can they come to the Lord given their history? Well, I just, the, I mean, when when we think of Paul, I mean, Paul comes and he has all of this, literally trying to destroy the church, and he's got to be able to to respond to the call that the Lord places in his life and mm. says, you know, Paul, I want you to follow me. You know, why do you persecute me? And Paul has to be able to step out and step away from that, from the past and how the church welcomed him. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, you know, the person who's your greatest enemy, who's about destroying whatever. And they say, okay, by the way, you guys are now going to work together. Right. It's just, it's really the conversion of Paul is uh, obviously it's monumental in the history of the church, but just the relationships and how people's hearts need to be softened and trusting in the Lord and trusting in what God is doing. It's just a really remarkable story. So and even just it. as a feast day, I, that, correct me if I'm wrong, do, do we have another feast day that celebrates somebody's conversion? Probably, but... You think? I mean, I mean, probably somewhere out there. We've got a lot of them, but it, it's actually called the conversion of, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, that's what oh, I mean. No, no, oh, yeah, obviously so. every saint, we're celebrating yeah. their conversion, yeah. but the fact that we actually have a specific day that recognizes, um, wow, this is yeah, this yeah. was significant, yeah. and this is the Lord. And, you know, that's a message of hope. You know, I think going back to what we were saying before, I think sometimes we can be sharing the faith with others or dealing with people, and it's easy to, it's easy to be divisive. It's easy to judge. It's easy to write somebody else off as, well, they're never going to come to the Lord, or they're never, you know, God's never going to do anything in their life. Um, I think what was cool about Paul is, he was zealous for the Lord. He was doing it in the mm-hmm, wrong way. Mm-hmm. But even at the end, he seemed, you know, when he says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He's like, what are you talking about? Like, he's like, I'm not, I'm not persecuting you. I'm helping you. And it's like, no, you're yeah, not, uh-huh. you know, you don't, you don't realize that. And so, um, yeah, just an amazing saint and an amazing feast day in the church. And then tomorrow we have, uh, some of his disciples, Timothy and mm-hmm, Titus, mm-hmm. which is also my birthday. Good. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. We're going to have to celebrate that big. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, so, yeah, just for everyone out that that person that you can't imagine 
uh, coming to the Lord, it's actually possible. And let us keep our eyes on Jesus because it's easy to get focused on other things. Amen. Let me close in prayer. Amen. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. And we thank you for um, that you see all the sacrifices, you see all the difficulties, and that you are our strength, uh, that you give strength to the weary and you give hope uh, to the hopeless. And so, Lord, in a special way, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit on any of our listeners today who are just feeling weary, feeling run down, feeling alone, or just feeling the burden and the difficulty of the world around them, uh, that you would breathe your spirit of life, your spirit of hope into their hearts, into their lives, and that you would help all of us in the faith uh, be witnesses of your joy, witnesses of your life, witnesses of your unity. Uh, We pray for all life, uh, particularly the unborn. Uh, We pray for those uh, who are in desperate need of conversion and who seem totally lost. Uh, May for your glory their lives be changed uh, so that we would all sing your praises. And may the blessing of Almighty God be upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Bob. God bless you, Father Dave. And like we've been doing, uh, I'm going to conclude with another song. Did you get to hear? I did. It's beautiful. The song, yeah, that was uh, Anna Brewer. Uh, she just has a great voice. Right now we're going to get to hear her sister, Mary Brewer. She wrote a very simple, beautiful song uh, called Listening. It's just about speak, Lord, your servant is listening. It was something that she wrote herself when she was actually working with the school of spiritual direction. I hope you are all blessed by it. Amen. And we are grateful for all of you listening and all of your prayers. Uh, please send us an email, send us a hello, and we're praying for all the requests that we get at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. God bless. God bless you. Amen. Amen.
So